Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Money Mitch Effect. I'm your host, Mitch Michaels. Thank you for joining me on this sports podcast where we cover a wide range of sports topics and try to keep it light and entertaining in doing so. Great show planned for you today. Going to talk about NFL, MLB hot stove, some NBA standings talk with my boy Brandon Marcus, former co-worker of mine. He hosts the Mostly Banter podcast, also does UC Irvine women's basketball broadcasting. He's a great play-by-play man as well. And we're going to talk about the playoff picture in the NFL. What flaws do the Rams have or the Saints uh, are going to bounce back? We talk about the Chiefs, the Chargers, a lot of different teams as well. Got to talk about the Indians trading Encarnacion to the Mariners. I'm sounding off on that. Not very happy as you might expect. And we talk a little NBA. Are the Raptors as legit as they appear? Beating Golden State without Kawhi Leonard. What to make about the rest of the conference. And is a trade in the works? Western Conference is stacked. We break all that down. It's Brandon Marcus on the Money Mitch Effect. Let's start the show. All right, now back on the Money Mitch Effect. It's been a while. We got to talk sports, not just any sport, but every sport going on right now. Brandon Marcus, host of the Mostly Banner Podcast. Brandon, thanks for joining the show. What's up, man? How are you? I was doing a little better until about, what, 10 a.m. Pacific time, 9.30? Yeah, that sounds about right. That yeah. sounds right. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting, but uh, we, were, we were planning on doing this, and then, of course, baseball wasn't really at the forefront, but the winter meetings, you never know what's going to happen, and as luck would have it, my team, the Indians, are uh, at the forefront of today's news, albeit... Not really the best news uh, from my perspective, at least. Encarnacion is gone. Carlos Santana is back. The Mariners get Encarnacion. It was a three-team trade. There's other moving parts and pieces in that deal. But Brandon, as a baseball guy, as someone really uh, tuned in to the winter meetings, what was your initial reaction to this trade that doesn't quite make a lot of sense on the surface? Dude, I was stunned. And uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense for an Indians team that – is built to win right now. I mean, between Kluber and Bauer and Carrasco and Clevenger, I mean, you got the rotation, and then you had Brantley, who's obviously now a free agent, um, and you had Lindor. You, you, you've got some key pieces there. Jose Ramirez, I, I just don't get it. You're getting rid of a guy in Edwin Encarnacion that is the power bat, that is the cleanup batter in that lineup. And even if you like translate it to fantasy baseball, I mean, Edwin, Edwin Encarnacion's a top five or six round guy and Carlos Santana may be on the waiver wire. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. I know that they said they did it for flexibility, but I don't think Santana is even close to the same player as Encarnacion. And I know you like Bowers a little bit and sure, he showed some glimpses over with the Rays and he has potential to hit 25 home runs, but he's not the feared hitter that Encarnacion is and you need a power bat to protect Ramirez and Lindor. And I, I just don't know exactly where you go from here if you're the Indians. Yeah, I, I, I want to also point out, I like Bowers a little. I'm not going to say that he's this the savior because obviously he hasn't shown that originally. Mm-hmm. The Indians just have very little lineup depth outside of uh, the top two or three. So I think part of it is you just got to hope that one of these, one of these risks, one of these gambles is going to pay off. Um, but to answer your, to, to go back to the original trade, what exactly flexibility wise are you saving when you're when you're talking about the sense that Santana's getting what twenty million a year or so and he's on the hook for another year? I think the deal is that it's five million dollars more 
for Santana, I think, for an extra year of him. Yeah, I, I don't. So, yeah, I don't get it. I mean, I, that doesn't make sense to me. I mean, and uh, why are you worrying about him now when you have no idea what your team's going to look like? I mean, for all you know, Bauer could have Tommy John, uh, Carrasco could have Tommy John. I mean, you just don't know with your pitching staff. You don't know where it's going to be in a year. Why not go for it this year and worry about Encarnacion maybe at the deadline if you're so worried about him not being the guy that you thought he was or that you're not going to be able to re-sign him? Because I'm sure there'll be plenty of suitors that are going to go after Encarnacion at the deadline that need a power bat. The same goes for what the Giants are doing with Bumgarner. He's going to be worth more at the deadline when a team is desperate for an ace than he is right now where he's coming off a bad year. I know Encarnacion struggled in the playoffs, but he had a sensational year. Mentioned all those home runs, all those RBIs. Yeah, I, I feel like they're gonna they're wasting the window of the prime of Ramirez and Lindor. We have yeah. all heard the rumors about Kluber's names and even Bauer's names being in the trade talks, but I would be I'm still maybe I'm being a little naive, but I just can't see them going full blown rebuild, especially when the AL Central is just probably the weakest division in baseball. 100%. I still don't understand why your pitchers are on the market. Mm-hmm. You have four aces. I mean, are, do you have that many guys in the pipeline that are ready to take over? I mean, I know you had some guys in the bullpen that were working out, and you, you obviously want to give innings to Clevenger. If you can bolster that lineup and, and get a power bat, I would understand that. But this is just giving up a player to give up a player and get flexibility, and you're not helping your team. Definitely not in the short term, but... One of those rare, awful deals uh, on the on the surface where it doesn't really help it in the long term either. May, I would just have to say that this. Hopefully, there's another move coming. They, this isn't all they're doing in the off season because if it is, my God, this is bad. Yeah, and if you were thinking maybe, okay, fine, we'll end up trading um, Kluber instead of Encarnacion. Not, not probably not going to be Kluber, but let's let's just say for example, there's a Carrasco or a Bauer in a deal, and he goes to the Dodgers and you're getting back a Puig, and you're getting back maybe one or two other assets, and it still gives you financial flexibility Mm -hmm. to go after another bat that can help out, because we talked about that 7 through 9 spot in the orders is brutal, then that makes more sense to offload maybe a pitcher, and you can sign a cheaper one during free agency. But this is just an outfielder um, or first baseman for a utility guy. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Can I say also, just on on a weird slash positive side, glasses have full way to look at it, Brandon, I think this is the first time, maybe in my life, definitely definitely since I was five or six years old, that the team most likely from Cleveland to win a championship is the Browns probably right now. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so bad. And also, that's <laughs> true. I think the Indians are Still? definitely. Okay. That, dude, that rotation stacked. Well, it's for I, now. I'll, I'll admit it. Not right now, but the way it's going, the, the way it's trending. Yes. I mean, you have to look at, like, unless the Indians, like, if, if this is all they do. They just cripple their chances in a, in a league that I know their division's bad, but we know how tough the top is. That's why I get if you're looking at it like, okay, we're competing not with the AL Central, with the other big boys, the Astros, Yankees, and Red Sox, who have us outclassed right now. But, I mean, nothing has been done even close to competing on their level. So, I mean, I just there, there's no way at this point, unless more moves are made, that they're on that point. So we'll see. Um, but the rest of the MLB winter meetings, Brandon, what else has caught your eye? I know Goldsmith to the Cardinals is huge. Bryce yeah. Harper still looms. Machado still looms. McCutcheon signed with the Phillies. What else is really catching your eye so far? There hasn't been a lot of movement. I think that's what's catching my eye is that it was a very quiet winter meetings, which seems to be strange. There aren't 
many teams that are doing much. I mean, when it took until the last day for Jerry DePoto to finally do something, and he's one that's trading every single day. Um, yeah, Machado, who knows where he's going to go? Harper, who knows he, where he's going to go? That Goldschmidt deal was great. I, uh, I really liked that for the Cardinals. They needed that big bat, and uh, it does make a lot of sense as well for Arizona. They got some, uh, some younger, cheaper assets that they could possibly build around. So I like it for both teams. I don't know what's going to happen here with these big boys, though, because you know that the Yankees are going to make a move. You know the Red Sox will make a move. You know that the Cubs are going to make a move. You know the Dodgers are going to make a move. The Dodgers signed Joe Kelly. Finally, they got a guy in the bullpen that could help out because a lot of those guys were unreliable. Yeah. But I, I think the what we're learning here is that the exciting stuff is going to happen in the next couple of weeks, and it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I really like the Dodgers building the uh, trying to rebuild the t- 2013 Cardinals. They're doing a really yes. good job at that. But no, I mean it is it is a good move, and I think Harper is somebody that I'm keeping an eye on because. What's going to happen? Is a team just going to give him just a, is a bad team going to give him an enormous payout like say the White Sox where it's an albatross of a contract and he ends up on the Yankees or a team like that via trade a couple years later, or is he the type type of guy? And I guess this goes for Machado too, where they might leave a little money on the table to try to go to somebody better. That's what that's what I'm looking at because if the Cardinals, for example, with Goldschmidt, if they were get if they were to get Harper to take a little less, man, that team could just be ultra scary going into next year. Yeah, it's interesting because you say that the White Sox, a team that's a bad team where they're not going anywhere, um, I think we underestimate them. They have a nice little base to build around, and they have the money to uh, make some moves. So I actually do like some of the pieces the White Sox have, but I've been someone that doesn't think that Harper's worth the money. I agree. I mean, $400 million? He's hit two of the last three years. He's hit under 250. You want to go ahead and end up paying him for a guy that's not going to be on base for you as much as he should be getting on base. I don't love it. And he's injury prone. Uh, Machado, I don't love his attitude, but I think he's the better of the two guys if I had to choose. Yeah. Ah, man, (laughs) that's really tough because the attitude is so bad that if you're paying that much money... You're 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 paying for everything. You're paying for the person as much. So, I, but he's I don't pretty know. durable, though. I think that's also another thing that helps. And he seems to be flexible in terms of third base and shortstop. So that helps as well. You're right. Uh, you just don't know who's going to go after him. I I really do think it's possible that he ends up go, that Harper ends up going back to Washington. And it, I know it seems far fetched, but apart from the White Sox, where else do you think he goes? Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, the, the market isn't there as it seems. Um, I just nobody took a PR hit in the, to their image like Machado did during the playoffs last year. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. We'll see if that costs some money. All right, Brandon Marcus. I had to get that baseball out of the way because I was fired up this morning with the Indians. But we are in the heart of football season, and I know we always say this every year. It seems like in the NFL that there's always like flaws on on a lot of these teams, but. This year in particular, I'm looking at all the contenders, and it really is week to week with this league where we get driven by how great an offense is or how great a defense is, but you can make a case that all these main contenders, at least in my opinion, have pretty severe flaws in the moment. It's a weird year because it, we, we thought we had it figured out probably four or five years four or five years ago, four or five weeks ago, and then things started to get weird. I mean, with... Uh, I, I don't know. It's I mean, right now, who would you who would you have as your favorite? 
I'd have to say, honestly, right now, I'd probably just go with the Chiefs just because I know that they can do one thing really well consistently. But and, aren't you worried about their running game a little bit? Because that, that's got to be something that concerns you because they don't have Spencer yeah. Wares. They lost Kareem Hunt. I think they're a completely different team without Hunt in the fold. So I don't know. The Saints, I like the Saints a lot. I think their offense is good and their defense is good. Their offense has been really weird recently. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I, I really like the Chargers. Yeah. Um, but I just don't think that Rivers is as good of a quarterback as those other guys. I think right now if I had to choose a team that I think was going to win it all, I think I would probably go the Saints. Well, I will say my preseason pick was Saints Chargers in the Super Bowl, but I think have fun. The, the eye test right now, yeah, and you get the Rivers Breeze, you know, revenge matchup again. Uh, I do think though that right now, the the running game is a fair question with Ware Hurt and Hunt out, but I think they can move the ball, they can score. I think it affects them, but not nearly as much as the questions I have about their defense. My issues with these other teams, I mean, the Rams game against the Bears, we see big matchups all the time, Brandon, where. You know, a top team will lose to another team or maybe have a bad game. They they are lucky that Trubisky had a bad game because they got obliterated on that field. That game was lucky to be as close as it was. It's That's lucky. another team that has had its flaws, and we right. knew the defense was a problem. I mean, the defense has always been a problem, which is so strange because we went into this year thinking, oh, man, I mean, look, look at that front seven. I mean, look, especially that front four. Man, they're nasty. That, I mean, nobody's going to score on them. Oh, keep Tlaib and Marcus Peters outside. Dude, nobody's going to be able to throw on them. They're not going to be able to score a single point on them. I mean, the Rams were one of the top couple fantasy defenses that were selected. And now we're looking at a team that can't stop anybody. And their quarterback just seems to be in a spot where you're a little worried that he's going to be able to make the big play in a big spot. Yeah. Tlaib is 32 years old. And Peters has given up top three most yards allowed, I think, of any cornerback in the league. So we did overrate that secondary, so did everybody. Mm. But I think part of it is you can run the ball on them. I mean, even even when the even the Bears, even the Lions, when they were, you know, LeGarrette Blunt had a huge day against them in a game that the Rams barely won. I, I think they have fall. I do, I will say, I like the Saints. I think they're a good team. Their offense has been kind of weird. I don't know if it's a lack of weapons. We you know, we, we talk about how Michael Thomas is such a beast and he's finally getting the recognition. But when you really break it down and you think about all the pass catchers that they've had, and I know Kamara and Ingram are, are an awesome one-two running back, who else does Breeze throw the ball to? Well, Kirkwood, I think, is uh, a Trey guy. Con, Trey Con Smith, I know. That's well, yeah, uh, Trey Con Smith, who uh, has had a couple deep balls here and there. I mean, it's gonna the competition's going to get better. You play teams yeah. like Dallas. You play teams like the Bears. Uh, the Seahawks are going to be in the playoffs, a team nobody wants to play. It's not going to be. It's not just going to be, let's just march down the field and, and easily score. You're going to have to make big plays in pressure moments. Guys are going to have to get open. And for the, for the Saints offense, it has been a little startling. We all just kind of chalked up the Cowboys game to just one you know, bad day, one bad game. But Tampa and a team really going nowhere. They couldn't move the ball at all in the entire first half. It's, which is strange. Um, the Bucks D has actually been decent over the last couple of weeks. Um, apart from the Saints, I think they'd only given up 17 points to a couple of different teams. But still, it's the Saints. I mean, the, the Saints and the Rams are supposed to score 28-plus in their sleep. And they're having trouble scoring. And it comes down to the part of the year where there's a lot of film on these teams. And they're figured out who they need to stop. And at this point, it seems like 
they've figured out what they need to do, the opposing teams. I think part of why we also think that it's a wide-open year is because the Patriots look vulnerable. I mean, I know they lost on that ridiculous ending in Miami, but take that play away. I mean, they've just been giving up a lot of yardage, a lot of points, and the offense hasn't quite looked as crisp as it has. I think their point differential is not nearly as high as it's been. When they're not as good, when they're not rolling in all cylinders, then we have to think who possibly could come out of the AFC, and so I think that's opening things up as well. I really think it's just the Chiefs and the Patriots at this point. Um, so Chargers I'm, are a no for you. I, I would. I, I like the Chargers, yeah. but I think that the Chiefs and Patriots are better than they are. Um, Melvin Gordon obviously will have have a big impact, and so he needs to come back healthy. And Phil Rivers has a lot of different receivers that he can go to. Um, but Mahomes just doesn't seem to be phased by anybody right now, which is crazy. That game against the Ravens, he was supposed to lose, and it didn't happen. And he's got the weapons. He's got Kelsey. He's got Tyree Kill. He now has Kelvin Benjamin, which will be interesting to see how he uh, fits in the fold. Um, obviously, the running game is not the same, but I, I don't know. The Patriots are always going to be there. It just they have such a good coach and such a good quarterback, and they have so many different running backs. At some point, you're going to see James White, Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead all on the field at the same time. The receivers are not going to know what to do. I think costing themselves a chance at yeah. I think costing themselves a chance at home field is going to hurt them. I don't know that mm-hmm. they go on the road and beat the Chiefs. You know, they had them in, in that great game at Foxborough, but you know, another another couple, one more loss, and they're pretty much out of the one seed, and they're going to have to battle just to get that first round by. I think the Chiefs can move the ball on them. And I think the Chargers thing, I don't think that they're necessarily worse, I think, from a personnel standpoint. But they just, for whatever reason, can't get over that hump in big games. The Chiefs have owned them in their last, like, nine straight, I think they've won. Mm -hmm. The Patriots have have had their number as well. Bosa being back on that defense, we know how Derwin James has been. It's it's refreshing to see the Chargers with a surefire defense. But, yeah, the injuries are huge. I love Keenan Allen, but I still don't trust the rest of that receiving core and Hunter Henry going down beginning of the season, too. These guys are just unproven outside of Keenan Allen and, and Gordon, who might not even be there for the bulk of the playoffs. Eckler's another beast. They're just banged up. I don't I don't even put that on Rivers. I just think they're not clicking on all cylinders, partly because of the injuries. Yeah, well, Gordon's supposed to be back next week, so I mm-hmm. think that'll be important. Yeah, we'll they... see what he looks like. They like, yeah, they like the idea of him having ten days to uh, to rest. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. So we'll see how what kind of impact that has. But I really think that we've we've narrowed it down though to the Chiefs, Patriots, and Chargers in the AFC. I mean, the Steelers. I, I just don't think that they're coached well enough at this point. No, they're uh, not. I don't like Ben. Uh, I just I love the wide receivers. I don't just don't think the defense is good enough at times when they need to be good. Uh, the fact that the Chargers were able to do what they did against them in that second half says a lot. Um, yeah, I think it's really a three-horse race in the AFC, and I think that the top right now are the Patriots and the Chiefs. Steelers get swept by the AFC West, lose to every single team. They were 7-2-1, and one, and it's been three straight losses since. There's definitely some vulnerability there. I, I will say, as far as the AFC goes, Brandon, the races are going to be fun for everybody else. I mean, the Pats are, are – we know them, we know the Chiefs, and we know the Chargers who are playing tonight for that division, essentially – but the rest of the teams, I mean, you could make a case for a lot of these squads that are going to make a playoff run. The Dolphins at 7-6, and six, the Ravens are still fighting at 7-6, and six, Colts, Titans in that same record, and the Texans 9-4. and four. I think that's the fun stuff, but yeah, I mean, when they get there, are we expecting any of those teams to go on a deep run? 
Yeah, no, probably not. Uh, the Colts will be a team that will be fun to watch, um, especially if they're able to protect Andrew Luck, just because it is Luck, and it seems like they're a team that is very cohesive, which is important. But apart from that, no. It'll just be fun to watch some of these teams and some of these quarterbacks, but it's really just those guys at the top. I like one of those extra South teams to get that second wild card. I'm not sure if it's going to be the Colts or the Titans. I'd hope it'd be the Colts. Just yeah, I, I think like it's the Colts. Luck back, but the Titans have an easy schedule. And it's going to come down to that tight to that game against the Colts. I think it's Week 17. I don't think it's next week, but I think the Colts beat the Cowboys this week. They do that, then yeah, I mean, in for sure. I would I'd pretty much just lock it in. But if they lose that game, then the Titans can get a leg up. I'm just. I don't understand the Dolphins. If they're in, it's like, come on. Like, I know it was a great win, but it's just not fun watching them play. Yeah, it's a weird team. Very weird team. Uh, also, how do they have that many wins? I mean, they beat the Bears. They've beaten some randomly good teams, Bears and Patriots, or victories that they have. It seems like they always do that. They always end up with just, eight or nine wins somehow, and you wonder how it happened. Uh, yeah, I... Uh, Stuck in NFL purgatory. But Brandon Marcus on the Money Mitch effect. Can I tell you what I was the most wrong at so far this season? It's the Seahawks. Me too. So wrong. Me too. Although, to it. I although. thought they'd be terrible. And and it's not just Russell Wilson's brilliance. The line is back to adequate. I wouldn't say it's great, but it's probably middle of the pack offensive line. That's all he needs. And the defense is actually playing very well. I, I completely whiffed on that. I thought with the new pieces up front, the revamped secondary, a lot of unnamed guys, unknown guys. I thought they'd struggle. They're the fifth. They're the fifth seed, pretty much locked in in the NFC playoff picture, and a team that I do think can scare a lot of other teams and do some serious damage. I thought that they would be a team that would win six games, maybe. Um, I thought that Russell Wilson was very good, but they found an identity, and that's key. Their defense, like you said, has been good, but more importantly, they know that they need to run the ball. They have Russell Wilson who can run, but Chris Carson has been awesome this year to go along with Rashad Penny. Mike Davis has stepped in when he needed to. The Seahawks have found a way to run the football and get it done, which is so important, and give credit to that entire coaching staff because it looked like I mean, you and I were talking a while ago. Was Pete Carroll going to end up going to USC? Was he going to be the guy that takes over as head coach? Because he's probably on his last leg at Seattle. Not so fast. Not so fast. He's done a nice job with his team. Um, and he should be in the coach of the year conversation. He won't get it. But he should be right there because they're a team that is a top 10 team in the NFL right now, which nobody would have expected. Yeah, well, don't get me started on that award, any of these awards, because there really isn't a, a strict consistent criteria i think Nagy's going to get it based on what people thought the bears would be and where they're at right now but mm-hmm. you're right carol should be in the mix for for how that should go on the flip side now i'm going to give all credit to the seahawks and admit i was wrong this is the worst the nfc has looked collectively in a long time would you agree with that <laughs> yeah yeah we're gonna really have to scrape the bottom of the barrel to get a six team in the playoffs because well this we're, is... com- we're confused what's going on because if you would have thought in the beginning of the year that we would be looking at that NFC North and shaking our head in disappointment at the Vikings and the Packers. I mean, we would have thought those teams would be locks to get into the playoffs, especially the Vikings. And they've been weird offensively. They fired their offensive coordinator. I mean, they have so many pieces and they go out and shell all that money for Kirk Cousins. Well, he, and, got, he got destroyed on TV, on Twitter. On, I mean, it was a bad, as bad of a one single night 
Well, he was very good the first half of the season, but he has been nowhere to be seen the last couple of games, which is when you need to win these games is the end of the year when it means a lot more. And for Green Bay, I mean, they were an absolute just SH blank T show. I mean, they were just out of out of I don't know, out of left field with this, this right. game. Um, I, nobody expected Rodgers to do nothing, but, but and that's I, been the case. But can I say there's a path if they beat the Bears for them to make the playoffs at 8-7-1? Yes. It's yes, crazy. Yes, well, the path was also there two weeks ago, and they didn't win the game, but then everyone's like, all right, fine, we'll see what happens next week. And then they go and they beat the crap out of Atlanta. So, yeah. What an embarrassment that team is, the 4-9 Atlanta Falcons. Uh, another team. I mean, Dan Quinn, he was just in a Super Bowl a couple of years, but now he's probably got one year left to prove that he belongs there. It's one of the worst red zone offenses I've seen. Put them with Florida State in college. Sark, 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 You got the two worst off red zone offenses I've seen. Yeah, Carolina's also lost five straight. They were 6-2. and two. They're now 6-7. and seven. And and you look at the NFC East, I mean, we know the Redskins are going nowhere fast. The Eagles, I, there, there's some serious weirdness going on up there because I read the report like I'm sure you did about Wentz and his back and how he didn't really know that he had a messed up injury. They've been decimated with injuries throughout the defense, especially running backs. But this Wentz stuff, I'm, I'm getting a little, I'd say a little concerned with what's going on in Philly because I, I know there'd be that Super Bowl hangover and all right, it's probably not going to happen for a back-to-back, but this is pretty bad, all things considered. Another one that we didn't expect coming into this season, and always we see a team at the bottom of the division come up to the top, um, and we, so we see some of these division leaders fall off, but nobody expected teams like the Packers and the Vikings and the Eagles to fall as far as they have, and the Eagles, they're not that different from last year, which is the weird part of this, and Wentz was good, not great, but coming off a torn ACL, um, I think we're about to find out that Nick Foles is not quite as good as he was in the Super Bowl. Uh, when the Rams come to the Coliseum and probably just shut everybody off about their offense because they end up putting 40-plus in the Eagles. But I, I don't know. It's I'll just slightly disagree. I think they are similar to last year. But the biggest thing is, you mentioned it, they got superb, unprecedented QB play. Wentz was amazing until he got hurt and then Fultz in the playoffs, which will probably never be duplicated again. There's that motivation thing, too. I mean, you you had all these veterans on short deals that had never won before, essentially, most of them. And they were playing possessed. And, and when you win, you see it in sports all the time. The, the drive isn't quite there. You right. Have the, you have the, you know, the offseason celebrating, and and it's just, it's just not there for this team. The injuries also compound that. But um, they had to win that game against the Cowboys. We know the officiating was pretty suspect, but they had chances, and they blew them. I mean, that's what it comes Panthers, down to. And the Panthers are another team that everyone thought was going to do well, and then they fell off the face of the earth. And the Cowboys, everyone thought they were done, and all of a sudden now they've got a great defense, and Amari Cooper is the best wide receiver in the NFL all of a sudden. Um, it's it's funny. A, yeah. weird, a weird year. I mean, we opened up this entire conversation talking about how strange it was that we have no idea what's going on right now in the NFL. I mean, you look at the Rams and the Saints and the NFC, and outside of them, I mean, do you really trust Dak Prescott in a playoff game? No, no. The answer is no. But if their defense is playing as they've been, I mean, he doesn't have to be amazing. So that's the other side of this. Like, what what's going to be what's going to be the threshold? What does he need to do in a playoff game? What what are the standards? Yeah, if he has to score thirty, it's not going to happen. But I don't know. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun in the NFC, too, because all these teams are vulnerable. 
but I'll ask. I'll end it with this though. What do you think? Uh, is who do you think we got to pick a six seed? Who who comes out of there? The Vikings. Uh, do we think they figure it out? I mean, uh, I don't know. I feel I mean, like Carolina might get in. Just it'll be a terrible Carolina team. At like not, I mean, nine and seven will get you in. Who can get to nine and seven? The Vikings are six six and one. That tile could help them. So right now you have Seattle and Minnesota as the two teams, but you have Carolina half a game back. You have Philly half a game back. You have Washington half a game back. I think we can eliminate Washington. It's safe. Yeah, I think Mark Sanchez is going to bring them there. Um, Carolina's got to play New Orleans twice, I think. And so if that's the case, I don't love them. Um, they can win two of their final three, sure, but I, I don't love it. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I think you have to take Minnesota just because they're in the spot that they're in. That tie might end up might end up helping them a lot. Hope the Packers uh, if they win against the Bears. We might have to add them to the list too. It's six seven yeah. and one, so we'll see. But Brandon Marcus, before I let you go, I need some NBA thoughts on you as well because I've been kind of digging into the football and now hockey season starting and paying a little bit of attention to the NBA. For, right off the top, that. Malik Monk, Michael Jordan thing yesterday was one of the coolest. <laughs> it was one of the coolest things I'd seen in a long time. I was actually watching that game on NBA TV, and I caught it when Jeremy Lamb, I think it was Jeremy Lamb, hit the shot to win um, off the pass from Kemba, and then all of a sudden they were reviewing it, and everyone's like, "What? What are they reviewing?" And they looked and they said, six men on six men on the court." One of the dumbest I things. I've never <laughs> seen that called in my entire life of watching basketball. I have never seen that called, and so they called it. And I thought for a second they were going to take away the basket, but they ended up keeping the basket, giving one free throw, and it ended up not mattering. But that was just weird. I, honestly, I don't fault Malik Monk. He was excited. He thought his team won at the buzzer. There was still .3 seconds left. Um, so yeah. that was a weird story. But how about Toronto absolutely laying the wood on Golden State yesterday? I think that's the uh, the story here is that Toronto – may have come away with the trade of the season, getting Kawhi for DeMar DeRozan. I think that's exactly what they needed, someone that can help out on the offensive and defensive end. Pascal Siakam has been unbelievable this year for Toronto. Um, I think they're the story. Well, they did it last night without Kawhi is the other side of this. So they're defending well. The only team, you know, and I do agree, it was Kawhi's back to being normal. Lowry's playing great and Obi's good. I mean, the roster is playing well. They're fitting together. I'm going to have a hard time finding another team in the East to, to challenge them outside of, I'll say, the Boston Celtics. If they figure it out, I know it's been rough. Clearly it's been rough. 17-10, and 10, not playing as well, figuring out the rotation. Guy's unhappy. But I trust Stevens in a playoff series. He's one heck of a coach. And if they figure it out, and there's still plenty of time, it's like those Cavs teams of the last couple of years. They're the only team. Mm-hmm. Philly, not going to see it happen this year, I don't think. There's some weirdness going on with MB if he's tired, if – he could fit in with Jimmy Butler. That that whole fit thing is still weird, and I and I honestly don't really like Brett Brown that much from what I've seen. I'm just what not, about Milwaukee? So Milwaukee is an interesting case, but I think they're a piece away from really contending. I think there's a trade that's going to happen because well, I yeah. think you're right. Right now, as currently projected, I think or as currently constituted, I think Toronto is the team to beat. But I think Philly. Milwaukee and Boston can all make a trade. Philly and too. Hmm. That yeah, I think all three of them have the pieces to make a trade that could um, make a difference. Because you, Philly still has that Markel Fultz card, 
and you don't know what you're going to end up getting from him. Someone might pay for him. That's bizarre. Like, that is just so weird what's going on with him. I, I can't remember anything like it's this ever happening. Yeah, you feel bad, but at the same time, what I didn't like was Brown was, like, force-feeding him minutes. And I, mm-hmm. I understand that he's a number one pick, and but but the process is over. You got Jimmy Butler now. You I think it was three. a confidence boost is what it was. And it didn't work because you put a lot of pressure on him in the starting lineup. But I think all along, J.J. Redick should have been that starting five. And I think Brett Brown really messed that one up. And it's going to end up hurting them big time. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. If a movie gets made, if Milwaukee can add another impact player, a player that can shoot, because I think that's obviously the one knock. Giannis, Giannis has been incredible, but... Yeah. I mean, if you can yeah. get him some shooting around him. I well, Middleton was very good early on, and then all of a sudden he got benched by uh, his coach, and then we are a little confused. I don't know what Budenholzer was doing, but he benched Middleton. He has not been the same. Bledsoe's been playing out of his mind. Um, they still have Malcolm Brogdon, who was Rookie of the Year a couple of years ago. So they're, they still have some pieces there. But I think right now, I think Toronto's the best team. They're the most well-balanced of all the teams, I think both offensively and defensively. Um, so it'll be interesting for, for sure. And then the West, uh, no, point, no one's beating well, Golden State. It's fun. I had to refresh. Uh, you know, I couldn't believe the Suns were 4-24. and I really haven't been paying attention to them, and I knew they were a distance. Yeah. But my God. Um, that no, team's a disaster. I mean, that you have Sarver apparently uh, threatening to move the team to Seattle or oh, Vegas. That all, that's always a popular ploy for an owner. Way to endear yeah. yourself to the people. Yeah, it's it's exciting. Everybody else is in the hunt. I'm not gonna. I'm not fully jumping on that. This is amazing. This is awesome because the Warriors are still there. So it's. We, we, I think we know where this is heading. But the rest Draymond of the has been hurt. Cousins is going to be back at some point. They're taking their grand old time with Cousins. He might not come back till February because they don't need him until April. Have, so yeah, have you noticed they do this thing too in the Toronto game? I noticed it. Well, they'll actually try early. And mm-hmm. the second they face adversity in the regular season, it's like, whatever, we're done here. <laughs> yeah, who cares? Like, and, and I get it, too. Katie uh, and Curry or Katie and Curry. Denver's really good. I like yeah. them a lot um, if they can get healthy. But right now they have three different guys that are hurt and three crucial guys that are hurt, Barton, Harris, and Millsap. Um, so they need to get healthy. I don't think OKC has the pieces. Um, the Lakers obviously could do something as well. That's another team to watch that can make a deal. The Clippers are playing very well together. It's, it's yeah, they're playing a good team game, but I don't think they're going to be. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's fun to watch team basketball, mm-hmm. but I don't know how long that get, how far that gets you because at the end of the day, talent is going to rise to the top here, and I just don't know in the playoffs where where it all gets where it all shakes out, but. If the Clippers can get a three or four or five seed, then you know they don't have the the toughest matchup to start the playoffs, and maybe can get hot there. But the Lakers are a team that I mean we all know the drama surrounding them and all the talent, and and I'm just really intrigued on if they're going to pull the trigger on some moves or kind of just let this development play out because their players, their young players, are getting better. Mm-hmm. Maybe not fast enough for LeBron and Magic and Palenka's liking. Well, LeBron said that he just thought initially that he was going to go and win and then now he's learning how to actually be a guy that has some patience with these players but the question is how long is he going to have the patience <laughs> is he okay not winning a title and not competing for a title because i mean he's been to the finals what eight or nine straight years am, am i wrong there was there a year they didn't eight make straight. it yeah, or has straight. it been eight or nine straight eight straight yeah yeah is he gonna be okay not going to the finals like are we gonna have to check on him 
Well, I mean, they play the Warriors, and like it, it, it's a realistic possibility. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't. He knew what he signed up for. You're in Golden State's conference. I, yeah, for sure. We'll see. I, I couple players that I really just enjoy watching. Obviously, Luka Doncic has been amazing. It's so fun to watch him play as a rookie, becoming the alpha already. Jokic in Denver. I think Denver is the second best team behind Golden State in the West, and I think that's going to stay the course. You know, I've really enjoyed watching, and I know most improved player is. I don't agree that it's usually first, second, third year guys. That's what it's been though. Fox on Sacramento. Darren Fox has just been incredible to watch, and that He's is quite a leap. Really big leap forward. Um, good for him because the the talent was there, and he's putting up the numbers. He's getting assists. He's getting steals. He's getting a lot of points. Um, every night you look, he's getting around eighteen to twenty points. Uh, weird, very weird. And uh, how a team in Sacramento that everyone was just destroying. I mean, they were going after Vlade, and they're building a team. They're building a team, and they're one or two pieces away. They need to. I think they need to lose one more year, and then you could uh, look at them as a possible uh, threat to right. at least maybe go after that eight seed. Vladi's done good, but I don't want to give a team that's been in the top ten of every single draft for the last decade well, too much credit. Well, that's the thing is that w- at what point we – I mean, we're praising the 76ers I know, right I know. now. And yeah. they were tanked for Embiid and, and, and Simmons. Got, and they and got only got two of those picks. four drafts right, by the way. Just yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, at what, I mean what, what do we do? Do we praise teams when they're good because they do it via the draft? Do we praise them because they do it via free agency? I don't know. Jaeger is a good coach too. I want to also. Yeah, he was out. good with Memphis. He was really good with Memphis. Memphis hanging around Minnesota. I mean, they're they're all these teams are just stuck in the middle. I saw Yokim Noah in a game the other night, and I was like, "What is going on?" He's Memphis the man. He debuted against the Clippers. <laughs> I saw that on TV. I couldn't believe it. But the NBA is. It's just a matter of time yeah. before Marcus Saul ends up missing a couple of weeks, and Noah just displays uh, old Yokim Noah stuff on the floor. 16-foot shot, will he hit the rim? That's the question. He goes with a six points, eight rebounds, eight assists game when he goes three for 11 from the field. So, I mean, great defender, but we'll see what he has left. All right, Brandon Marcus, this was fun. Appreciate you coming on. I'm actually going this weekend to Denver, Browns-Broncos. Uh, oh, boy, are you, you're excited. You're, you're going to have a lot of fun there. Yeah, gosh, they could, I, I'm expecting a very close game. I know it's hard to win in Denver. The Browns have been pretty bad on the road this year. Uh, Denver is, they lost to San Francisco, which is a terrible loss, but it's mile high. It's a Saturday night game. It's, it's going to be a dog fight. That's what I'm. Oh, no pun intended. Oh, oh, look at that. Look at that. (laughs) There is a pun in there somewhere. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, otherwise just gearing up for college football bowl season, which starts on Saturday, watching more hockey and just, you know, Mm -hmm. hanging in. This is one of the low key great part parts of the sports year because we get NFL football on Saturdays now. Yeah, that's true. We got a couple games on uh, Saturday, a couple weeks in a row. By the way, do you think Tua or Jalen Hurts is the quarterback? It's Tua if he plays. And uh, Tua should have. Tua should have won the Heisman. We got to have a multiplier. I'm a little confused by that because he was the favorite until the final week of the season, and all of a sudden the guy gets hurt and he gets stripped of the Heisman. He had a bad game against one of the top five defenses in college football because he was injured. Yeah, and, and Kyler tore it up. Who's a great player, by the way. Which, oh my God, he thanked his defense, which was one of the most best trolls I think of the century. <laughs> They've been so bad. Yeah, they they get, I think they got forty plus to Kansas. <laughs> he should have just kept it going. If it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't have had the chance to play in all these fourth quarters. Yeah, thanks for letting me put up these video game numbers because I needed to compete to get our team back in it. 
I uh, I really don't want Bama to win another title, but they're going to the championship. I mean, if Oklahoma wins, I will be thoroughly shocked. Yeah, and then I think that uh, we see Clemson beat Notre Dame. I don't think Notre Dame's good enough. No, Clemson will give Bama a game. I think so, too. That's yeah, why I, think... I, I don't – it would be the fourth straight year. Can you believe that? Four straight years that they would play each other? Three title games, one was a national semifinal. Wow, would it be three – it would be that four, many – Four straight, four yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's – Clemson's building a dynasty, and they are kind of – what I hope the Indians do are building it in one of the worst divisions in all – conferences, we'll say – in all of college football. So, yeah, it'll be fun. But, hey, thanks for coming on. We'll be in touch. And uh, thanks for spreading some holiday sports cheer on the Money Mitch Effect. Hey, thanks for having me. Talk to you soon, and have a great time in Denver. Our huge thanks again to Brandon Marcus for appearing on today's show. And what a win for the Los Angeles Chargers going into Kansas City. Down two touchdowns, four minutes left. They win 29-28. Rivers to Mike Williams going for two in the win. Gotta love it. Could the AFC playoff picture really be going through the StubHub Center, a soccer stadium? The Chargers went out. That could be the case. But a big win for them. This was the Money Mitch Effect. If you like this show, share it. Leave a rating or review. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Check out the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page and follow me on Twitter, Money Mitch M21. Lots more sports to talk about. We're going to keep moving on this show. Weekly episodes, don't miss that. Lots more to talk about, especially hockey and bowl season, as we mentioned. I'm Mitch Michaels. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Until next time, keep enjoying sports.